When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Friday, July 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians smashed their way to a 6-1 win against the uh, Kansas City Royals in the opener of a four-game series. Uh, the final series before the All-Star break, uh, the Guardians are home all weekend. And uh, the bats got hot in the sixth inning yesterday when Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor went back-to-back on consecutive pitches against uh, Royals reliever Amir Garrett. Uh, just uh, a, a, a nice way to uh, start off the, the final series of the uh, the homestand, the final series of the first half of the season. Uh, the Guardians looking, uh, you know, like uh, like they hoped that the offense could look, uh, you know, a, a three home run game is, is not something you see all that often out of this club. Yeah, Joe, I think they were inspired by the Atlanta Braves visit here. You know, when uh, the Braves hit, what, eight home runs in the three game series, just kind of, you know, <laughs> I don't know. They didn't reach Euclid Avenue, but they came close. And, uh, you know, the Guardians had, a, you know, like you said, three home runs. Uh, Ramirez and uh, Naylor go back to back. Um, just an impressive all around performance. And it kind of gives you some, you know, it, you know, in a season where, <clears throat> you know, they they seem to they can't seem to make up their mind. Are they a good team? Are they a bad team? Are they just going to vacillate? Are they going to tread water? This was a good sign. This was a uh, this was a good overall team win. Yeah, and uh, Terry Francona before the game uh, telling us a story about how he was on his way out of the ballpark uh, after that Wednesday night loss to Atlanta. Uh, he was on his hog. He was on the the scooter zipping through the uh, the service level of the ballpark, and he. He rolled past a couple of Braves players who uh, were were feeling good about themselves, walking out of the park, walking to the bus, and uh, he pulled up next to him jokingly. He said, "Good thing you guys are, are are heading out of town because we were just getting ready to kick your butts." And, uh, and then he, and he, he laughs and he sort of pulls away. He said he thought one of the guys thought he was being serious, but he was just, uh, you know, he was he was being very complimentary of the lineup that Atlanta was able to put out there in that series and. And, and how well, well they hit the ball. But but he was also sort of giving his guys some credit because uh, he could see that things are starting to come around. The, the Guardians now creep back up to uh, 43 and 44 overall. If they if they win Friday night, they're they're at back at 500 for the first time since April. Uh, so, yeah, things are things are going well. 
Yeah, this is an important stretch for him these last three games before the break, Joe. We said that. We've said that all week. You know, this is this is you know, they've got to get their nose above 500. And I think if they get their nose above 500, then they can seriously, uh, you know, kind of target the uh, the uh, twins and go on from there. But until you, you know, you you're playing winning baseball, you you know, you're, you're just uh, you're just on the treadmill. You know, you're not accomplishing anything. Right. Uh, Josh Naylor, who had missed the previous uh, two games with a sore wrist, uh, a little tendonitis flaring up in that wrist. Uh, he comes back. Uh, of course, he, he hits the, the home run after Jose Ramirez in the sixth. Uh, he also had a, a base hit, uh, looking like he's feeling a little better about, about himself. Yeah, definitely. We talked to uh, Josh after the game. Uh, he said he was getting a lot of treatment, constant treatment on on the wrist. You know, they're they're putting ice, they're putting heat, they're putting creams. He had it wrapped. Uh, so, uh, it was good. You know, he says it's feeling better. I don't think it's a hundred percent. I, you know, it might not be a hundred percent until, you know, sometime in the second half, but you know, the, the treatment he's getting now, the break he's going to get over the all-star break is going to help for sure. Yeah. The third time Cleveland's gone back to back with home runs, uh, and the first time since April 23rd, uh, when Naylor and Josh Bell went back to back. Uh, since June 1st, Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor now uh, accounting for more than 30% of the team's total runs. Uh, these two guys are the most important hitters in the lineup. Uh, they, since June 1st, 80 hits, 11 home runs, 45 RBIs. Uh, just they're, They are the ones driving this offense. Jose Ramirez now uh, has tied Naylor with 19 go-ahead RBIs. Uh, between the two of them, they're the ones who who put the the guardians in front when they're at the plate um it's uh, it's it's been pretty impressive the way the two of them have have just basically taken over the offense yeah just uh, the offense like you said Joe revolves around these two guys they're critical i mean the, the Cleveland's offense is you know it's not a great offense to begin with but without with without either one of these guys you know they're they they are not where they are today and I, I think they really complement each other, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, you've got Ramirez, the switch hitter. You've got, uh, uh, you know, uh, Naylor, a left-handed hitter. You know, they both got pop. They both make contact. Um, you know, they both, you know, can uh, – well, you know, and then, you know, I guess uh, they both can run the bases. I, I mean, I don't know how much <laughs> we want to see Josh running the bases, you know, going trying to steal third and, and doing stuff like that, but – you know, they're they're really they give you know uh, they they legitimize that offense. So looking for that next piece to add to those two in the lineup, uh, Andres Jimenez sort of asserting himself uh, last night. He hits a home run in the second inning uh, after uh, Tanner Bybee had given up a run in the first. Uh, so he ties the game there. He uh, collects three steals in the game uh, for the first time. You know, he was the last guy to do it. Um, last year, uh, Miles Straw was the, the last guy to, uh, um, you know, steal three bases, uh, and two in one inning, uh, and, and just looks like he's really sort of connecting things and, and putting things together, uh, and, and looking a lot more, uh, Tito used the word dynamic, uh, after the game. And, and really that's, uh, the way he looked all of last season, his all-star year at second base, uh, he, Tito pointed out the uh, the fact that he scored on a, a ground ball on a drawn in infield uh, that Will Brennan hit uh, that got under the glove of Nicky Lopez at second base. 
And he said, you know, Jimenez is out there. He doesn't need his own coach in that situation. He's his own base coach. You know, he saw the ball trickle away and he put his head down and ran. And uh, it was a uh, it, it was a nice, um, you know, little little situation there where it was a heads up base running play. Sort of like what you see out of uh, Jose Ramirez. And you're always uh, drawing comparisons between the two with uh, Jimenez being the little mini Jose. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, uh, Francona hit him. What hit? Ramirez, Naylor, and Jimenez, third, fourth, and fifth. You know, uh, maybe we'll see that. Uh, you know, that that kind of you know that kind of alignment of you know more frequently now, especially with uh, you know Josh Bell kind of struggling a little bit. But this is the first time we've seen we're seeing signs now, Joe, of Jimenez emerging. Uh, to be the player he was last year, the gold glover, the all-star, you know, uh, the guy that hit 17 home runs. Now we've always, his defense has been, you know, his defense has been fine since day one, but the offense is, is, has been lacking. And I think we're starting to see that kind of surface again. And the, the Cleveland certainly can use it. Tanner Bybee, uh, the rookie on the mound, uh, started the game through, uh, what, 45 pitches through the first two innings, gave up a run, uh, but then really settled in and and got through five and and worked out of a couple of jams, uh, helped out by some nice defense by Miles Straw and a couple of nice plays by Jose Ramirez. But, uh, you know, Bybee, uh, he, he doesn't get the win because uh, they, they were tied when he, he left the game. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, the kind of effort that uh, you like to see out of the rookie and, and Tito, um, you know, pulled him after five. He was around 85, 87 pitches, something like that. And, um, what, 91 pitches. He threw, 91 uh, pitches. 91 yeah. pitches. He threw 50 strikes. Uh, but, you know, Tito said he could have could have sent him back out there for the sixth inning. But, uh, you know, just trying to keep things from, from getting too overwhelming and, and trying and, you know, piling up innings and, and pitch counts and all that. Uh, to to try and make sure that these guys are available and healthy at the end of uh, the season this year. Yeah, definitely, Joe. And, uh, you know, we saw the move they made with Logan Allen. Uh, you know, I don't think they want to do that quite right now with B, uh, with Bybee. He's pitching well. He's, he's you know, he's, he's keeping them in ball games. But, you know, the four walks were a concern. You know, I think, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, he he didn't have his best con- command in those first two innings. He was up to, what, 46, 47 pitches in the first two innings. And, you know, that really puts a strain on a pitcher. But, you know, he came back and uh, he gave him five. And uh, that's an encouraging sign. And you hope that, you know, he rests up over he rests over the all-star break and, you know, they can they can continue to, you know, kind of get good innings out of him while protecting him at the same time. And, you know, that's a hard thing to do, Joe. I think, you know, you're walking the razor's edge with all these guys. Yeah. Tito mentioned that uh, in his post game, just, uh, you know, trying to balance all those things and 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 developing the, the, the young players as well at the same time. So. It's a, it's a real tough needle to thread, and they've, they've been trying to do it for a while. Uh, Eli Morgan uh, picks up the win in relief. Uh, he came out and gave them a, a strong inning with two strikeouts. And, you know, over his, uh, what, 33 appearances, he's 4-1, and 1.72 ERA. And uh, this is the, the Eli Morgan that we saw for stretches last season. Uh, and, and, you know, at times Tito was calling him, you know, one of the, the most important weapons that they had out of the bullpen. Uh, it looks like Morgan has, has really settled in and, and carved out a niche for himself uh, in this in this bullpen. And, uh, you know, his value is just skyrocketing. 
Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, Eli, uh, you know, you know, made the uh, transformation from a starter to a reliever last year, had a great, you know, first two, three months of the season. He was, uh, you know, Francona's go-to guy, probably, and Francona will tell you that he probably went to him too much, you know, and uh, I think uh, Eli got overused a little bit. You know, he hit a rough patch, but he came back at the end of the year. And uh, this season, he's added that slider to that changeup and his fastball. And uh, he's he's really kind of settled into this role. He's he's grown into it. And, uh, you know, he's just been been a big, big part of that bullpen. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to see that the, the Morgan, you know, it, it, a guy, he could have gone, uh, you know, after starting a few games, you know, he, he could have gone and sulked about uh, moving to the bullpen, and, and instead he's embraced it and, and really just sort of taken to this role. Uh, and, and you can tell he's, uh, you know, he's somebody that Tito really, you know, sort of trusts in certain situations. Uh, speaking of trust in certain situations, hey, don't forget to uh, subscribe to Subtext. Trust us to bring you all the uh, <laughs> the uh, the information that, uh, you know, that – you get it before you get it on Twitter. You get it before you get it uh, anywhere else posted on the internet. Uh, subtext for uh, the Guardians. Cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, it's three ninety nine a month to subscribe. Uh, 216-208-4346 if you want to send a text message to subscribe. Uh, I know uh, a couple of the, the guys in the Guardians clubhouse uh, like to subscribe. Uh, you know, they, uh, they, they, get to get to, they find out what's going on. Uh, Certainly, they check up on us to make sure that we know what's going on. And, and, uh, that's, it's a dangerous funny. proposition, Joe. There you go. Uh, so, uh, you know, just go ahead and sign up for that. 216-208-4346. Send a text message and uh, they'll send you a link to subscribe. Uh, Guardians making news yesterday before the game. Cal Quantrill uh, going back on the injured list uh, with the inflammation in his right shoulder. Uh, the first two outings back off the IL uh, were just not good for Cal, and you could tell uh, that something was wrong. Uh, Tito said that you know the major reason why they're trying to give him this time off is because his work in between games is what's being affected by the sore shoulder. Yeah, Joe, and that was the same problem, the same reason they put him on the IL the first time. That's what uh, you know uh, Quantrill said, told us uh, when we were in Arizona. Uh, that, you know, he really wasn't able to get the work in between starts that he wanted to because of the pain in his shoulder. You know, he got an injection. He said he was feeling better. But obviously, uh, you know, th- th- that was just a temporary cure. Uh, you know, I think they really want to get, you know, kind of drill down onto this thing and, and find out what the reason is, get him healthy and see, you know, just how productive he can be when he comes back. Because, you know, you're not accomplishing anything right now when, you know, you come back two starts and you go back on the IL. I mean, that's not, you're not, you're hurting yourself. You know, they're hurting, uh, you know, Cal, they're hurting the team. You know, they've got to find out, you know, just what the problem is and go from there. Yeah, and you and I were sitting there, you and I were talking the other day and just saying, you know, these guys walk around with some degree of shoulder pain at pretty much at all times from spring training until the end of the season. It's just a matter of, you know, how much they can power through and work through and get their their side throwing in in between um, starts that 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 determines how fine they can be and how you know, uh, how much command they can have and, and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, so you're not walking five guys in a game or, or hitting barrels and, and giving up, uh, 11 hits in a start. So, 
you know, give him some time to, to sort of reset things, get the shoulder feeling right and and feel like he can, you know, be in a groove when he goes out there on the mound as opposed to, uh, you know, just heating it up from uh, with no uh, no touch, no feel. And, and maybe he'll uh, we'll see some better results from him uh, on the other side of it. Yeah. You know, Joe, you know, I think he was you know, this is his first time. This was his first time on the I.L. the last time. And uh, I think he, you know, he may have even kind of rushed the process back. I know he was really anxious to get back. He said he was feeling great, you know, and, uh, you know, and even Tito said, you know, next time, you know, we're going to be a little more, well, he seemed to say that they were going to be a little more careful with him to make sure he was all the way back before they brought him back. Is that the impression you got? Yeah. And, and, you know, he only did do uh, what one, uh, one rehab, rehab start. start. So, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's sometimes that's not, you need to sort of have two rehab starts to see how you respond to the first one. Something like that is, is usually a little bit more of an indicator. And, uh, like you said, this, uh, this time with the all-star break, you know, being off, it helps, uh, uh, the guardians recalled, uh, Cody Morris, who hasn't been the, you know, you know, turning the lights out uh, down in Columbus, but, uh, he, he was the guy who had uh, not pitched the most recently. So, you know, he gets a spot uh, in the bullpen for the remainder of this series. Uh, you know, it sort of extends things for there. And that helps Tito out, uh, you know, gives him a few more options uh, if games go sideways. Uh, and they won't need an, uh, another starter until, you know, probably the, the, the second or third game of the Pittsburgh series when they come back from the all-star break. So uh, it gives them time to, to sort of, uh, you know, uh, have a, a, a more full bullpen, I guess, is, is the way you can um, look at it. I uh, talked to Tristan McKenzie yesterday uh, about his decision to avoid surgery on his elbow and, and uh, try to go that route. Uh, what did you learn from Tristan about the uh, what ultimately helped him arrive at that decision? Yeah, uh, uh, Joe, he said, you know, his conversations with uh, Mark Schickendance, the uh the Guardians head, you know, head physician and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Meister, the uh, the uh, the uh, Rangers head physician. Um, and, um, you know, they, they assured him that, you know, that this happens a lot to hard throwers, that it's a common injury, that people come back from it and that, you know, they they seem satisfied that, you know, this is a course of action, you know, a non-surgical course of action will, uh, you know, will work uh but they also but he, i think Kristen has also got you know prepared if it doesn't work you know in the, in the next three weeks in three weeks time he can you know pick up a baseball and start his throwing program and if that doesn't come around i think Tristan has come to terms with okay i'll need the surgery but it, you know it's not the end of the world people have come back from it and uh you know the, i think the, the conversations with those doctors you know really kind of assured him that you know, that, okay, well, you can come out the other side of this thing and still be, you know, still be a successful uh, big league pitcher. Yeah. Anytime that you're talking about cutting an elbow open or, you know, going, uh, going in there and, and, and performing this reconstructive surgery, you know, there's, there's still a chance. There's still, you know, uh, if it's nine out of 10, there's still that one. Or if it's eight out of 10, there's still that two. Uh, that that you don't come back and have a major league career after that, and even if you do, that it's not the same. So I can understand the 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 apprehension uh, with with McKenzie's side of things, but um, just you know hoping for the best and hoping it works out, and then hoping then in three weeks when he picks up a baseball, 
that that he does feel better and and everything works out and, and we see Tristan McKenzie maybe sometime in September for a start or two before he shuts things down for the end of the year. Uh, big news uh, last night uh, out of Nashville, uh, the uh, Guardians' top, uh, I guess the top remaining prospect because uh, Gavin Williams and Bo Naylor are already up with the club, so uh, George Valera would be their number one prospect right now. Uh, George Valera, in a video clip that we watched over and over again in the press box last night, <laughs> uh, got into a, a bit of a scuffle with the uh, catcher from the Nashville Sounds. And uh, that scuffle uh, bled over into an all-out uh, benches-clearing brawl, uh, Valera being restrained by John Kenzie Noel after uh, the umpire, the plate umpire, stepped in between uh, him and the catcher. And uh, it appeared on the video that Valera shoved the umpire out of the way to try and get at the catcher, uh, stuck his finger in the catcher's mask at one point, I uh, don't know why or don't know what sort of uh, ignited the the, the fight, uh, but from the video and from what we saw, it looks like George Valera is going to be suspended uh, for at least a game or two. Yeah, I would think uh, George is going to take a seat there on that, you know, for, for that. Both guys will probably get, you know, suspended. Uh, and you can tell George wasn't a hockey player because he, he, if he was, he would have never stuck his fingers in the catcher's mask because he may not have come back with all five digits. So that was, uh, that, you know, but sometimes things happen, Joe, you know, and you know, it's, it's that time of the year. It's, it's hot. It's muggy. You've been, you know, Valera's been had a frustrating year with injuries. He hasn't been on the field as much as he'd like to. I think, you know, both of us would agree if if he was healthy and he, you know, from a hundred from the get go in spring training, he probably would be up here. We probably would have gotten a look at him already, you know. But uh, so I'm I'm sure all that kind of com, you know, kind of you know, rolls into one uh, one big. Uh, you know, one, one big ball of frustration, and sometimes it boils over. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll follow that story and see how uh, how Valera comes out on the other end. Uh, one other uh, item I want to mention, uh, Tito uh, sort of made it a point to tell us uh, after or b- before yesterday's game in his pregame meeting uh, uh, about uh, Larry Doby Day and the uh, the way the team honored the uh, you know Doby on July fifth. Uh, at, at the game against Atlanta, uh, Tito said that at one point he was standing on the warning track, uh, you know, listening to the national anthem. He looked over and Larry Doby Jr. and his family were 10 feet away from him. And and the thought occurred to him, you know, that, uh, you know, Tito Francona, Terry's dad and, and Doby, uh, they were traded for each other twice, which is, you know, astounding in the first place. But, uh, you know, the two of them were playing in the, in the big leagues at a time when, you know, they couldn't eat at the same uh, lunch counter together. And, you know, there was just a, it was a a dark time in this country when, uh, you know, things just weren't equal and right and fair and what Doby had to go through. So Terry, um, you know, decided to, after the anthem was over to go down uh, underneath the, uh, the dugout there, grab a, a silver Sharpie and, uh, you know, wrote Larry Doby's number on his uh, cap. Uh, number 14, uh, DeMarlo Hale helped him do it as, as well. I think DeMarlo put it hit, put it on his cap. Uh, not not the biggest form of protest or the biggest form of, uh, you know, sort of outward sign there. But, you know, he, he just felt like he had to do something. Uh, and it brings up the the point here, or the, the topic or the discussion or the 
you know, the, the frustration that uh, I guess the, the franchise is feeling because you look around on Jackie Robinson day when Jackie Robinson uh, broke the, the color barrier in major league baseball and every player in the league wears his number 42. Uh, you look over at what the, the uh, Pittsburgh pirates were able to do for a couple of years and, in the entire team wearing Roberto Clemente's number 21 uh, during Clemente day in September. Uh, it, it's, it, it does, it wouldn't take away from either of those two things. If you let the, the guardians wear number 14 to honor Larry Doby uh, on July 5th, the day that he broke, uh, broke through in the American league. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like the, the league or, uh, or the, the club are, are able to come together on an agreement to, to get this to, to be something that, that can happen. Yeah, Joe, you know, they, they did it once in, in 2007, uh, where, um, you know, the, the whole team wore number 14 when they were called the Indians. And they were kind of, you know, they got re- chastised by Major League Baseball be- for doing it. Uh, last year, I think they wore a patch, right, on on mm-hmm. Dobie's anniversary, on the 75th anniversary of Dobie, uh, you know, breaking the color line a few months after uh, Jackie Robinson did. So, you know, I'm not sure what, what the uh, – what the reason is or why why they've been unable to, uh, you know, t- the, the the organization has been able to take it as far as they want. But it's certainly, uh, uh, you know, overdue. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's a celebration of baseball. And, uh, you know, it, it should be done. They should they should do it. it. There's no reason not to do it. Yeah. And, and to use Tito's words, he says it, it, it hurts him. It, it frustrates him to the point where. You know, it hurts him that it it really frustrates him, and uh, I think uh, you know maybe maybe Terry's got enough pull. Uh, you know, if his name is out there saying that this needs to be done, maybe maybe the league takes another look at it and and gets a change uh, put in place. I think it would be certainly something that's that's welcomed by uh, not just the Guardians and their and their fans, but you know, really throughout the league as as recognizing uh, Larry Doby as. Uh, the pioneer and the trailblazer that he was. Uh, certainly nobody around here will ever forget that. All yeah, right, Joe, you know, a big proponent of that is Paul Dolan. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a huge Larry Doby proponent. So, you know, if anyone's going to have the muscle to get something through, I think it would be Dolan. That'd be great. All right, Hoynes, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We will uh, be back with uh, with more next week. Uh, the All-Star break is is almost upon us, and uh, we'll be talking about everything going on in Seattle uh, when we get back, uh, you know, talking to you again on Monday. Uh, we'll check in with you then. All right, Joe. 